This is Rivalries, the show where we meet fans from rival clubs. Today I'm joined by Greg O'Keefe. He's a writer from The Athletic and he also co-hosts the Everton fan-led podcast All Together Now. Greg, it's great to have you on again. Now, a few weeks ago, a lot of us wondered if Everton were dead certs for relegation. But since then, you've beaten uh, Arsenal and Leeds. So how has your new manager, Sean Dyche, turned things around? Well, it's it's great to be back on on the podcast, and yeah, you know, as you, as you sort of suggest in the question, he's he has had a big impact so far. Sean Dyche, two really important wins, one unexpected perhaps against Arsenal, and then the uh, the essential one against Leeds a Saturday just gone, mm. coming on the back of a, a really disappointing Merseyside derby defeat. But we're already learning that Dyche has still got some of those qualities that he imbued his. <clears throat> excuse me, his teams are barely at their best with. And if anything, he, he's, he's kind of looks like he's uh, drilled into those direct, those powerful, those committed qualities that he demands from his players. And he's made Everton better in both boxes, defending set pieces and, and attacking them. He's made them more compact and he's, he's so, so, sort of got players to buy in already into what he demands in terms of physical output and, and all those markers have gone right up since he took over from Frank Lampard. So, yeah, it's quite promising. As I say, it was a really morale-sapping defeat at Anfield. Mm. Uh, and at which point, you, you sort of, the sample size was two games and you could say it was as, as bad at Anfield as it was good the previous weekend uh, against Arsenal, really. But, to, you know, now now we've seen another example of, of his stuff again at home. Uh, obviously, Villa comes to Goodison Park. I think that's where Everton are going to hope to prosper under most this season mm. in in a remit, which is just purely to keep them in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, what's been sort of the major difference kind of tactically from when Frank Lampard was there? Because we always associate Sean Dyche as being quite, you know, um, just a solid, compact team and gets a lot of goals and uh, set pieces and that. But, uh, you know, what what's been sort of the major tactical difference, do you think? So, I mean, there's been not a sniff of three at the back um, or, you know, a back, a, a back three with wing backs, which is something that Lampard used to flirt with occasionally. It's been, you know, sort of four, two centre backs, two full backs, and uh, generally been four in midfield. Um, occasionally, because of Everton's striker problems, it's either been, you know, four, five, one. Um, but he certainly looked to, to make them, you know, to, to sort of de-risk any areas where they can be overloaded. Um, and he's having to just deal with what he can in terms of up front. But yeah, Lampard was all about, wanted to be about really Everton being a possession team yeah. uh, and you know, about you sort of building from the back and um, moving towards his preferred 4-3-3. And there was a couple of examples of when it worked, you know, most notably this season against Crystal Palace at home, Everton won 3-0, looked really good. But there were more examples of when it, it absolutely didn't. And the question was, did he have the players to play that style of football? It would appear not, given the way it ended for Frank. Um, and I think Daesh is just being far more pragmatic, really. Mm. He's, you know, he's going about it in a, in a more um, looking at what he's got. And, and, and that happens to fit largely his principles anyway. And so that's what he's going for. You know, it's, it, it is two banks to four, maybe even an extra midfielder in there. And um, often, you know, kind of not worrying about having possession, but looking to 
to capitalise on long sort of diagonals into uh, the forward players or player and um, play off them there. But but more than anything else is, is to kind of press with such energy and commitment, which was something that, again, Frank Lampard never really, occasionally his team would press well, but then it, for some reason it wouldn't, it was never consistent. Right. And, um, and obviously that's a lot to do with the, the opposition as well. But those two good games we've seen, uh, Arsenal and Leeds, everything pressing has been pretty, pretty superb. So I would expect right. more of the same against Villa, really. Okay, and who are your key players at the moment, would you say? Well, um, in terms of... So James Tarkovsky, obviously a player that, that he's worked with before at Burnley, uh, has been really good so far. I mean, he, he was anyway. He'd become a pretty much ever-present since he was signed on a free by Lampard and Kevin Thelwell in the summer. And he's stood up even more under dice. You can tell he, you know, he, he's... he's he likes him, responds to his methods. Uh, he scored, obviously, the goal against Arsenal, mm. uh, nearly scored against Liverpool. Could have been a different game, you know, if some butts, but had his head had gone in at Anfield rather than hitting the post. And he was excellent again against Leeds, so he's been really good. Abdoulaye Decoré, who was a man who looked like he was only going one way, and that was out of the club under Frank Lampard, out mm. of favour. He's actually out of contract in the summer. Um Probably underutilised, his, his uh, supporters would, would, would maybe feel, and certainly he would feel, uh, given the qualities he's shown in the past of, of dynamism and at his best, the goal threat. Well, he's come right back into it under Daesh and, and has responded with some really, really good performances, most notably against Leeds when he was played slightly further forward behind uh, Neil Mopay, who was the, the lone sort of target man, if you like, or striker anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's looked great. Um, and yeah, Dwight McNeil, again, you know, someone who was a summer signing for Everton from Turf Moor, uh, under Lampard and Thelwell, but uh, had let you know, to be charitable and flattered to deceive so far. He's only young, but relatively young, but a lot of people were, were looking at him thinking, this is again poor recruitment. The story of Everton's last five or six seasons, really. This is another bad, another example of a player who doesn't fit. Yeah. You know, he's too them for Goodison Park. He doesn't look like he's got the the physical kind of uh, power, or, or whether or not he he's got the confidence to thrive in high pressure Goodison. And he's been great in fairness to him under Dyche. Obviously, their manager knows again, and. Um, those sorts of things you would look at for him have all improved and his set pieces, his corner kicks have been a big part of uh, why Everton are going to be a threat from them. Okay, and you know Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a player that I think probably two years ago now I looked at and saw his goal-scoring record and his physicality and thought like this is a player who's going to go on and you know really you know maybe even be a starter for England in the not-too-distant future and it's kind of just gone a bit quiet for him, really. Like, what's uh, what's going on with Calvert Lewin? Well, it's a very good question, and it's one that Everton fans ask themselves pretty much every day. Injury has been the main problem, you know. Right. You know it, repeated injuries, perhaps under previous managers, coming back too soon in, in in a bid to kind of, you know, he's desperate to play. I don't think his attitude is in question, but he's come back yeah. a bit too soon, and that's actually been counterproductive because he's suffered re-injuries and. You know, at the end of last season, I don't know if you saw Frankie, but there was the um, there was the alarming kind of well, it was the wonderful Dainumon to another injury hit season from his point of view when he scored that fantastic header against Palace of Goodison, yeah. kept Everton up, sealed the win, 
And then after the season, he posted on Instagram about his, his, his mental health during the campaign and mm. how bad it had been, even seeming to hint that you know, it got to a crisis point with his own mental health, wow. um, which was alarming to see. And without wishing to speculate about him on, in that regard, you know, he's, it's been a case of more of the same with injuries this season. So you, you wonder, you hope he's okay. Mm. Uh, it must be absolutely maddening for him to not be able, you know, to, be able to get playing consistently it is at best a game and a half two games in more out and as you say he was you know his career was absolutely on the up it was interesting watching him and Patrick Bamford well not watching Dom because Calvert-Lewin was, was injured but watching Bamford on Saturday because him and Calvert-Lewin were, were vying for that kind of next England's next but you know the, the people to go and support Harry Kane and to be in and around the squads and, and Calvert-Lewin was and scored a goal for, for England but um, that feels like a distant memory now. And I think he'd yeah. just love to get playing regularly for, for Everton before anything else. Yeah, because he's a fantastic player, I think, when he's at, at his best. You know, his physicality, yeah. his, just his finishing, everything about him. He looks like a real yeah, perfect ability. striker. Yeah. 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 Um, and that Palace goal, of, I think, oh, bizarrely, that, guy, that Palace game, I was at Villa Park watching Villa Burnley. When Sean Dyche was manager at Burnley. Right. Um, I remember going in at half time and being like, My God, Everton are actually gonna go. They they're gonna they're gonna go. Because it was just, yeah. you know, it's such a one of those names that you just can't imagine ever leaving the Premier League. And then uh coming in at full time and being like, I cannot believe that. And I remember having to go straight home and watching the highlights of the and turning the volume right up. Cause you know when that crowd reaction, when yeah. it's just so epic like that, oh, it was absolutely amazing to to watch that really. Um, but you know, it was goosebumps, at, yeah, it was a massive goosebumps moment for us as well. Yeah, um, but you know, you you still, you know, you've got two really crucial wins recently. But you are still kind of in and around that kind of relegation quagmire. Let's face it, there's so many teams that there's no mm. one really away at the bottom at the moment. Um, do you, do you still have any worries, or do you think that Sean Dyche might has shown enough already that you think maybe you can get away from this quite soon? I mean, I'm marginally less worried and the signs are pointing in a bit more of a positive direction, but I'm absolutely mm -hmm. still concerned about Everton's um, Premier League survival, yeah, because as good as Dyche has proven in those those two games, um, he's going to be massively hampered by the lack of a fit centre-forward. If mm -hmm. Calvert-Lewin, at best, is going to play half of the remaining 15 or 16 games, at best, then... Everton, because of their own poor recruitment in January, have left themselves bereft of options. They had to withdraw Ellis Sims from loan at Sunderland. Now he's come in, he's at 22, he's not played much in the Premier League, played at Anfield and didn't, didn't do much, came on against Leeds and looked a little bit better. Maybe he'll present an option going forward, but it's a big ask. Um, and in short time, there's, there's no one. I mean, Neil Mopay obviously brought not to play as a target man whatsoever, more to play off the sides. Yeah. Uh, in stature, not the biggest player. So, you know, he wouldn't really present the traditional Daesh target man. Although, you know, his work rate was great against Leeds. But that will be my worry is essentially Everton don't score many goals. Right. Obviously, two on the Daesh so far in three games, two one nil wins. But if they're going to start playing teams that are going to, you know, have a go and maybe sort of score first or put a couple past them, my concern is that they're not going to come back in those games. And as you say, it's so tight down there. Hmm. If hand on heart now, I think they'll stay up because I think Daisha will probably eke out another four or five one nils yeah. and that'll do it. But 
I wouldn't like to bet on it. Uh, it's just my, my feeling is that they're safer, they're safer under him. But you know, you're right. It's so tight down there. A win, mm. and you're out the bottom three, like it was with us against Leeds. It'll be interesting to see how Leeds go under yeah. Javi Gracia. You know, a, a lot of people wondering if that's you know the, the right choice for them. Be, you know, let's see what happens there. Who could have picked? Uh, Southampton beat Chelsea, just crazy. <laughs> just unbelievable, yeah. It's just so it chopped and changed all the time, and um, I, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit calmer about it under dice, certainly. Anyway, but yeah, no, absolutely no guarantees the way the season's going. And and just to add to you what you were saying uh, about last season and Palace, and you know, it's it's to the frustration of Everton fans that we're in this situation again after just you know sort of the whole never again thing last season. Yeah. And I think a lot of Blues felt that Lampard should have gone around the time uh, Stephen Gerrard did at Villa. Yeah. And probably they would have hoped that they then would have been able to, the same you know, when Wolves uh, made their change, and they would have hoped they kind of might have been in the discussion for some of the more progressive, better managers like Unai Emery, mm. you know, like Lopetwegi. But, you know, they left it a bit later. Understandably, you know, they wanted to give Lampard time after being accused of, rightly accused of being too rash in, in chopping and changing in the past but uh, by the time they did get rid of Lampard it was uh, the situation got really bad so yeah it's interesting uh, I think Daishi is the right man for this moment at Everton but yeah I think I think quite a few Blues would say they should have acted when when Villa did yeah I, I am fascinated to see how he does particularly you know Everton do have greater resources than Burnley I suppose and I'm interested to see how he does with a club that kind of has a little bit more probably that he, for him to spend over the years if he can solidify himself at, at Everton. But, you know, this uh, Saturday you're playing Aston Villa and amazingly, you haven't actually beaten Villa in, in seven years. Um, is, yeah. I, I, I can't quite get my head around the fact that Villa have a team that we actually have a good record against in recent years. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, other than a kind of poor recent record, is there anything about the current Villa team that worries you for uh, the the game at Goodison? Yeah, I think I think the fact that they look like they can score, as I said, they look like they can score more a couple of goals in games, and you, know, you, you you'll tell me. But I thought you know, they were excellent at the weekend, really. Um, yeah. you know, unlucky in many ways. Ollie Watkins looked back to what I kind of again. It's when you, when you dip in and out of clubs and paying attention to things, you know. You remember him as someone who looked like he, this. This is a, a top top prospect, and you know, mm. then people go off the boil. But he looked great against Arsenal in terms of how he took that goal. Uh, Buendia is the type of creative player Everton haven't got anymore. Uh, probably mm. since the likes of uh, Camus Rodriguez and Luca Dean went really. So um, Anthony Gordon didn't have any assists this season before he was sold, so it wasn't that creative. Alex Iwobi can be, but, you know, Brendan looks a danger man you know, in that sort of further forward role. So, yeah, my concern would just be that, you know, if Everton aren't going to score more than one goal, can they keep Villa out? Um, yeah. And uh, I think I think we will see about that. John Pickford's been in decent form, massive clangor in the derby, but other than that, he's he's been pretty reliable. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I think uh, Villa's away form has been really impressive generally under Unai Emery. Uh, we lost 3-1 at Man City in our most recent away day, but, you know, it's, it's Man City, I guess. Um, and we have just lost three in a row. And the problem is we keep we seem to be very threatening going forward. We, we seem to be able to kind of carve open quite decent chances, but mm. we seem, I think, as we transition into a team that plays it around at the back, 
Um, we seem to be either capable of making mistakes or just getting caught making mistakes. Yeah. We're very much like a team transitioning to what Unai Emery wants. Yeah. It's probably going to take a while and we're probably just going to have to get used to some of those big errors happening. Um, but as you say, I mean, against Sean Dyche last year at Burnley, I remember we won 3-1 and that was very late in the season. Um, and Buendia was quite a key player in that game. So I wonder if Everton sit back a bit. Maybe that actually benefits Villa quite a bit on Saturday. Um, it's it's an intriguing one. Uh, two teams that are kind of transitioning with new managers. It's it's quite hard to call that, really. Um, yeah. And we're not very good at defending set pieces. So, again, that's, well, that's probably encouraging not... encouraging from my point of view. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to hurt um, Sean Deitch's chances at all. But, um, you know, when you, when you look at Villa, I think you mentioned a couple there, but is there any... One particular player gives you cause for concern. I, w- I would say Buendia at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that sort of um, tricky player who can sort of create something out of nothing. Uh, like I say, someone that we've we've lacked that sort of player for a good while. And um, if Watkins is going to be back on form, you know, I suppose I suppose you have players as well that won't be bullied necessarily. So the Douglas Louise won't kind of you wouldn't imagine. Um, be pressed and, and physically intimidated. I think one of the things they did against Arsenal was they kind of did stop them at source really from playing the game. And um, you know, and I suppose if Villa trying to play in that way, a bit possession based, maybe it'll work for Everton, maybe not. But possibly, would you say Villa are a bit more physical than Arsenal in midfield potentially? Um, I'm not sure we've got anyone quite at the physicality of like a Thomas Partey. Um, mm. we, I think again, that's well, probably one of the, the Everton game you see. Yeah. Oh, was it right? Yeah. yeah. That that um, I mean, Bubakar Kamara has had a fantastic start to the season. Really, he has looked like a really good uh, CDM. Um, but he's he's actually the most recent three games is probably where he's been at his weakest all season. Um, so I I wouldn't say Villa are massively physical in the middle. John McGinn's probably that bit of awkward physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we can be got at, I think. Uh, it's an interesting one. I, I do wonder at the moment whether we're just a bit better when we kind of play as the away team where we sit back, which is probably mm-hmm. why we did all right against Arsenal because we could allow them to, we could invite the pressure as we did yeah. at Tottenham when we won 2-0, um, as we have done in most of our away games. So it's going to be quite interesting if Everton do sit back, whether we just get caught on the break or... Mm-hmm. Um, in those set pieces. I think set pieces probably are going to be quite crucial with Everton and maybe that first 15 minutes where the crowd's really up for it and you yeah. go at Villa, maybe you can just get at us. Um, it, I, 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 if, I, if I was to predict it, I'd say it's a it's a high-scoring game and I'm not confident at all. Um, but I'm going to say a draw, going to go 2-2, I think. Um, how, how do you feel about it? Do you think you can finally end this strange losing run you seem to be on against Villa? Well, I mean, we've had some really entertaining high-scoring draws over the years, haven't we? When Everton yeah. and Villa have often been neck and neck to try and break into that top five or six under Moyes and previous Villa managers as well. Mm. Um, I was more, I, I, I was, and I'm more concerned about Villa than I was Leeds. Uh, right. I think Villa have got better players, obviously a better manager, and, and more ways to hurt Everton. Uh, it's interesting what you say about like the two teams in transition. And kind of who's going to want the ball and who's going to want to be on, you know, on the front foot and sort of uh, take the game to the opposition. That's it's be fascinating to see how that, that evolves, really. Yeah. I think obviously 
Everton would rather you know play against a team that want want to keep the ball. I think at the moment. Um, but Everton at home, the onus is on them. They need again massively need to keep winning. I I just wonder. I I, I could see it being a draw as well. I can't see Everton scoring more than one. Although I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to go one-one. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, yeah, I, I think we so we've both gone for the draw. Um, well, Greg, uh, it's been absolutely brilliant to chat to you again. Um, and I wish Everton all the luck this season, except not when you play Villa, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, uh, for anybody who wants to see your work, where can we find you online? So, yeah, I'm on The Athletic. Uh, Greg Evans, clearly my colleague, writes about Villa. Yeah. Uh, I do Everton and lots of different things on The Athletic. Um, and you can see me on Twitter at Greg OK. So that's at G-R-E-G OK. And um, yeah, good luck for the season. Like you say, massive club fell as one that Everton look at with parallels sometimes. And, you know, when we are considering the prospect of going down, I think a lot of people say, well, well at least I hope we, we deal with it like Villa did. But let's hope we don't have to uh, don't have to come to that. But yeah, good luck for the rest of the season with you too.